welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host. Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin. Property Soldier here. I just thought I'd jump on and do this quick live because I've had, I put a post in the uh, Facebook group and I got a a few people saying to me, how can landlords avoid Section 24? And um, when doing uh, rent to serviced accommodation. So I just thought I'd explain that. Now, this is uh, going out as a Facebook Live and also I'm doing it as a uh, podcast episode. So for those tuning into the podcast, uh, welcome to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. And I just thought I'd um, clear this up because when people are posting or, or commenting and you can find yourself taking an awful lot of time uh, responding to comments so i just thought i'd do this to answer some of the comments that people uh, have made valid comments that people have made um based on a, a recent post i did which is landlords doing rent to sa avoiding section 24 okay so just to explain when a landlord is getting fixed rent from a property that the SA operator is using as serviced accommodation, in my opinion, it's unlikely that that landlord can avoid Section 24. However, the way to look look at it is this. I know for a fact that there are some owners of property and they're getting fixed rent for their property given to them by an SA operator they are putting that income down on their tax return as furnished holiday let income, which is what most people are doing when they're doing service accommodation. And, and their, their accountant is supporting that, um, even, even advising that they should. And therefore, they are still able to offset their mortgage interest, which is ultimately what Section 24 is. And so in those situations, landlords are avoiding Section 24. Now, here's the, the issue. The issue comes up when... We don't know whether or not that would bear up under scrutiny of a HMRC audit. And so that is why I, on my training courses, I make this very, very clear to people. I don't think that that would bear up under an HMRC audit. And the the problem with that is, is that there's no actual case law yet where, you know, HMRC have challenged a tax return and the the owner of the you know the property um, has decided no they're not accepting HMRC's decision and then it goes to court and then it there becomes a court ruling which then becomes case law which means that um, the uh, there is case law in place so that we all know exactly where we stand. But just to be clear, what I actually say to people on my training courses is that I don't think that that would bear up under a HMRC audit and you're probably safer off not promising to the landlord that they are going to be able to avoid Section 24 when doing Rent 2SA. Now, here's the dilemma. There are many, many forms 
if you like, and, and what different people call rent to SA are, are different things. And so from rent to SA, that's one end of the scale. And then the other end of the scale, you have got service accommodation management. Now, by the way, for those listeners just listening into this podcast, um, my for those on the Facebook Live, my podcast is the Service Accommodation Property Podcast if you want to check out any of the other episodes. But you might want to just go to this specific episode um, that where I talk about service accommodation management and how that works. Now, for service accommodation management, just in sort of big handfuls here, um, you are charging, the SA operator is charging a percentage of the turnover. Now, a percentage of the turnover definitely means that... Um, the owner and the operator, it, most people wouldn't call that rent to SA, and I, I fully agree. And the owner and the operator are jointly running the, uh, the service accommodation business, and the owner of the property is deemed to be owning and operating a furnished holiday let. And under those circumstances, uh, we are very confident that that owner will be able to avoid Section 24 tax and still be able to offset their um, mortgage interest. So then there's the space in between where... Some SA operators, and we're not doing this, and again, there's no case law, so no one, it's only somebody's opinion as to what is okay and what isn't okay at the moment. A lot of, oh, some people are doing a uh, percentage share, so they're doing a certain amount of fixed rent on a rent to SA, and then a, a, a percentage share on the, uh, the profit. And so, Ultimately, that can be argued that the owner of the property has still got skin in the game and is owning and operating um, furnished holiday let and still uh, avoiding Section 24. So let's face it, I don't care what anyone's opinion is, it is a grey area and, and there are an awful lot of people that are um, saying, no, I'm right and everyone else is wrong and everyone else just needs to do what I say. Um, and ultimately, I'm not saying that. Um, and I think we all just need to wait until there is case law um, but as I said, my advice is to be on the safe side. Don't promise a landlord that they can avoid Section 24 um, if it is just straight rent, because that um, is not future proofing and, and, and that is taking a risk, let's face it. So what you can do with uh, straight rent with a landlord is um, just promise to keep the property in show home condition and um, no voids, no bad tenants and all of those benefits. So... The other thing that I uh, hear spoken about and um, I just want to address is the, the VAT issue. And so if you are taking a landlord's property and doing straight management with it, then the, the income that you're giving to the landlord will be classed as that landlord's turnover. And when turnover uh, crosses 85,000 currently, that's when uh, VAT becomes payable. And so for people that are, I teach this on my training, so an awful lot of people say, oh, they don't teach this stuff on training courses. Well, I do teach this on my training course. And so I would say to every single person doing service combination, you need to just be wary of what the VAT implication could be. And so based on being properly trained, you might actually say to an owner of a property, look, let's only do uh, you know a certain amount of properties because the total turnover is going to keep you below the VAT threshold. If you go taking on a big chunk of their properties, now remember, depending on where the property is in the country, the turnover is going to be different. And so you just have to future uh, model it if you like and make sure that uh, you are not going to cause a situation where that landlord is going to go into the, uh, the, the VATable territory. Okay, 
So then you get into other situations where you are doing um, your own uh, rent to rent. And so um, you need to be mindful of your own turnover and uh, whether or not you're going to break through the VAT threshold for yourself. Um, on rent to rent, as long as uh, it qualifies, as long as you meet the criteria, you can go on to the TOM scheme. I haven't got time to go into detail on TOMs, but ultimately TOMs is where you're going to be taxed more on your profit, not your turnover. And so if you're on the TOM scheme, then your own um, uh, VAT liability, you're going to be able to take on an awful lot more properties before you reach the VAT threshold if you are on TOM scheme. Now, the a lot of people try and say, oh, well, can't you just um, do uh, service accommodation and just open different limited companies in order to do service accommodation in order to avoid VAT? No, again, I teach this on my course. That's called artificial separation. Only when there is a legitimate separate owning entities um, of, uh, of, of property and also companies can there be um, separate VAT um, liabilities. Okay, but, the, you know, you need to speak to an accountant on this as well to give you proper advice. So, I just wanted to clarify that and to clear that up when it comes to uh, what you can suggest to a landlord on Rent to SA and what you can suggest to a landlord on, on management and also talking about VAT because it is right that some people say that this stuff isn't spoken about on some of the uh, property trainings. Uh, but I do speak about this on my uh, property trainings and so forewarned is forearmed. And so hopefully you found that useful, everybody. I just thought I'd jump on and, and do that quick uh, live for this purpose. And remember, your future needs you. And here's to your success in serviced accommodation. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. Why not also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn more about property and serviced accommodation.